You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 352, Team Building with the Apostle Paul. You know, Paul is really, other than next to Jesus, I would say the singular largest figure in the New Testament. He wrote a huge chunk of it. He wrote 13 letters. He's also featured prominently in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, which is a history of the early church, the first 30 years of the New Testament church. So he featured prominently there. He's also referred to in uh, Peter's letters. So well-known figure in the early church, uh, very much responsible for taking Christianity into the Roman world, the Greek world, and uh, really helping with the spread of Christianity to, to get it to a place where it could become a world religion. Paul was, is known as an apostle, but he was also a church planter. Uh, he planted churches all over the Mediterranean. And, you know, when you read the, the, the letters, you read Acts, we really aren't sure exactly how many churches that he planted. Probably in the neighborhood of uh, a dozen to maybe even 20 or 25. But the important thing that I want us to talk about um, over this lesson and, and, and this podcast and even in the next one is... Um, the fact that Paul didn't try and do it by himself. He was a consummate team player. Uh, when you read the New Testament and you look at Paul's letters, you read the book of Acts, there are close to a hundred names associated with Paul. Now, every one of these wasn't a full-time team member. Some of these were just friends or um, you know casual associates, but many of these Paul worked with at some point or other in his ministry. He used teams to accomplish his mission, and he built these teams. He developed a team of leaders, not a team of followers. I mean, think about it. In the first century, he would send people out to plant churches, but he wasn't able to follow up with them on a Zoom call. Travel was difficult. So these had to be people that he trusted, people that carried his heart, but also, I'm going to talk about five important things that that Paul uh, were important to Paul, and they should be important to us too as we build teams. Now, I'm talking in the context of ministry, but really, I've used these things in the context of working for the police department for 30 years as well, um, and building teams there. So, so these principles will translate into any environment. You might have to just tweak them a little bit, but the the, the, the first thing I want to do before we, we jump into the, the first thing that Paul would say is important for a team member is I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. Peter and Paul in Acts was my first book, 
And it's a handbook for reading the Acts of the Apostles. As we said, Acts is a, a, a history of the early church, the first 30 years of the early church. And it really focused, uh, Luke really focused on two primary apostles, Peter, the first half of the book, and then Paul in the second half. And so I really would encourage you to check out Peter and Paul in Acts. You can click on the link. That'll take you to Amazon. You can read a little bit for free. But it really, if you want to take a deep dive into Acts, get this book. It's going to help you. But also, as a bonus, one of the things I did in this book was I also spent some time talking about the Gospel of Luke and introduced the Gospel of Luke and provided background on it as well. And the reason is the same man, Luke, wrote both books, Luke and Acts. And so um, we actually spent some time introducing uh, the, the Gospel of Luke as well. So by all means, check out uh, Peter and Paul and Acts. I know you'll love it. It'll be a great addition to your bookshelf. Well, all right, team building with the Apostle Paul. Number one, Paul looked for people who had a calling. He didn't, you know, obviously, I'm being facetious, but, you know, he didn't hire people from Craigslist or own Indeed or, you know, jobs.com or pick your, your hiring page. I mean, he, he, he picked people who had a sense of calling and would, would blend that calling in with his ministry. Let me give you a couple of verses here. This is from Acts 13. Uh, Paul has, he's still being called Saul at this point, his Jewish name. Paul was his Roman name. But uh, he, he's based at the church in Antioch. And the church in Antioch was the first real Gentile church, non-Jewish church. And he's one of the pastors there. Barnabas is the senior pastor, and he's one of the leaders there. He's teaching. He's been there for at least a year. And it says, One day, as these men, it's talking about the leaders, uh, this is Acts 13, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate... Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Paul himself had a calling. And probably this calling in a public setting uh, reinforced what he had already been feeling. That's what most people find that, that, that God will often confirm what they've been feeling. Seldom are you going to get that call out of the blue to go and be a missionary. Usually there's something going on in your own heart. And so uh, he and Barnabas felt this call from God to go. And so that this was their first missionary journey, Paul's first. And they actually spent time going to Cyprus, the island of Cyprus, and then they spent quite a bit of time in Asia Minor planting churches. And we see on return trips, Paul went back to these churches, checking on them, making sure they were doing well. But not only did Paul himself have a sense of calling, but he also looked for it in his followers. Let me give you one example in the letter he wrote to Timothy. We'll talk more about Timothy as we go, but Timothy was one of his close, close associates. He was a young man, and uh, Paul saw something in him. In fact, uh, he probably was converted during Paul and Barnabas's first missionary trip. And then on Paul's second trip, sometime later, uh, Paul saw this young man who had grown as a Christian and took him, and he became an integral part of Paul's team. But listen to what Paul says to him. He says, yeah, let's find the verse here, 1 Timothy 4.12. He says, Do not neglect 
Actually, it's 414. He says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift that's in you through the laying on of my hands. And then a couple of verses before that, he says, Don't let anyone think less of you uh, because you are young. Be an example to all believers. But then don't neglect the spiritual gift you've received through the prophecies spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give a complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. So don't neglect the spiritual gift that was in you, that was given to you, imparted to you, this sense of calling again, a, a word of prophecy to confirm uh, God's call on young Timothy's life. And so so we see this in, in Timothy. And really, we could probably look at every single one of Paul's close companions. And at some point, Paul mentions the calling on their lives. So it's a part of who we are. We don't want to just fill slots on our team. That's the worst thing you can do. You want people in positions that they're passionate about. Now, look, I get sometimes we just have to do the stuff. There's sometimes we just have to do the task. But as much as possible, we want to put people in, uh, or to use terminology from a few years ago, we want to put people in the right seat on the bus. We want them to be in the right place, a position they're passionate about, a place where they can use their gifts, as Paul just referred to here. So calling is so very, very important in building a team. And whether I was in the workplace or whether I'm in the church, this is one of the things I'm looking for. Why do you want to do this? Um, is it is it something bigger than just yourself? Or, hey, this looks fun. Let me give it a try. Um, there's a place for that too. But as much as possible, we want people who have a sense of calling. They, they see a bigger purpose than themselves. These are going to be your best teammates. They don't even have to be the most talented. We'll talk more about that later, but that, that sense of calling is going to carry them so far because there's that fire inside of them. So a sense of calling is very, very important. The next thing Paul looked for in building his team, the thing we should look for, very important in building our team, is character. Character. We could also say integrity. Our character is shown by what we do when no one is watching. We could insert integrity there as well. I've heard it said the same way. Integrity is shown by what we do when no one is watching. I want team members that I can trust, catch this, to do the right thing, not just do things right. I don't need people who just do things right. That's good. That's important. But I need people who are going to consistently do the right thing. And notice I said consistently because we all make mistakes. Everybody's human. People, people have their issues. I get that. But consistently do the right thing. That's where we want to be with our team. Now, Paul uh, looked for people who did the right thing. And he, he talks about this over and over again. Listen to what he says here. This is in 1 Corinthians 16 and uh, verse 15. He says, You know that Stephanus and his household were the first harvest of the believers in Greece. And they are what? They're spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. I'm very glad that Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaius have come here. They've been providing the help that you weren't able to give me. They've been a wonderful encouragement to me so as they have been to you. 
and you must show appreciation to all who serve well. But notice what Paul says. He says these guys are, are giving their lives in the service of the gospel. They're, they're devoted. So there's this emphasis here on their character and, and their service. And so other, other places, over and over again, Paul talks about character, how important it is. Um, you know, we, we could just talk over and over again about Paul's different teammates. But in the same way, I don't want to have to worry about what my teammates are doing. We talked about how Paul would send his teammates out to plant churches and to check on churches. And he couldn't be in a position where he had to worry about them. In fact, in some places he would say, look, you know, Titus is coming and he's he's got my heart. Or Timothy's coming and he he carries my heart. These are men who, who I've trained and I trust them. I don't want to have to worry about what teammates are doing when I'm not around. They've got to be willing. They've got to be consistently doing the right thing. They were chosen because I, I knew their character, or I was able to get a good recommendation from other people. Um, very often when I was trying to fill a slot, whether at church or at my teams at the police department, I would go talk to people that they had worked for before, supervisors, pastors, other leaders. Hey, how is this person? You think they'll be a good fit on my team? And you know, usually it was yes, because I'd already kind of pre-scouted them. But occasionally they would say, yeah, they got some issues here. And, and I would always listen to, to, to hear what they had to say. Character is so vitally. I think it's the thing, one of the things today in leadership that we just kind of overlook. You know, if the person's charismatic, if they're talented, you know, if they're, they're a good communicator, we can just overlook these other things. But listen, we never outgrow our character. Pastor Chris Hodges says, character is being bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. In other words, I can have this big persona that looks great and is attractive, might even attract people, but I've got to be bigger on the inside because that outside character will eventually crumble if my inside character doesn't match. So character is important. What are we doing when no one's watching? We've got to be bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. So calling character. And then number three, and then I'm going to stop. We'll have a couple more to talk about when we come back next week. But number three is chemistry. Chemistry. What kind of chemistry are you building in your team? Now, again, this is one that's often neglected. I've I've actually been a part of teams where chemistry was given no thought whatsoever. So, so you had people who really didn't like each other. They didn't get along. There was constant conflict. There was petty divisions and jealousy and unhealthy competition. And, you know, it, it just ended up being a, a bad place to work. And, and you know, look, you don't have to be best friends with everybody you work with. But as a leader, I tried to pick people, and I still do. I try to pick people that I like, that I want to be around. You know, if I'm going to, especially in a work situation, if I'm going to be hanging out with these people eight or ten hours a day, I want to like them. I want, to, I want to enjoy being around them. I want it to be a pleasant experience, not grating. That doesn't mean we don't have conflict, but it's dealt with in a healthy way. So chemistry. Um, and Paul, this is, this is so, so interesting when you look at the teams that Paul created. He created teams of people that he was close friends with. I'll give you one example, and there are many, um, you know, Luke is a great example. He was one of Paul's closest friends. These guys were always hanging out. They were together. They were traveling together. But, you know, one of the great examples also is Paul's 
uh, teammates, Priscilla and Aquila. And it's interesting that she's often mentioned first, which in, in, in ancient writings that signified prominence. Um, she was maybe the, 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 the maybe more mature one spiritual, or maybe she was a little bit better speaker or whatever. But, but as a couple, they were often, she's often mentioned first, at least in Paul's writings. And he says in Romans 16, he says, uh, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Give my greetings to the church that meets in their house. And so these guys served with Paul in Corinth, in Ephesus, and in Rome. They were, they were just two of Paul's go-to people. He could send them, and they would go. But, but they were always just this, this great this great relationship. And you see it again. You see it with Titus and Timothy and Luke and so many others that, that Paul had these great relationships with. Chemistry is so important. When I'm putting a team together, I select people I want to be around. Uh, fun, great personalities. Uh, you know, when I was putting teams together with the police department, I actually overlooked and went and just purposely bypassed a lot of talented, experienced officers that wanted to come work for me. Because in many cases, the chemistry just wasn't there. And I knew that I might be able to get along with them, but they might be cause problems with the other teammates. And I don't want that. I want to create an environment where people enjoy working together and we, we're productive and successful and get the mission done. And this, this is the same in the church. When you're putting a team together, there's nothing wrong with picking people that you like to be around. Um, I think one of the greatest... Uh, mistakes that pastors make when they're selecting their inner circle is they pick people that they really don't want to be around except during the work week. I heard my pastor say recently, he said, I'm so blessed because of the few, the two or three couples that he's got around him as his executive team, his inner circle. He said, these are my best friends. We hang out together. We have dinner together. We do things together. I don't just see them during work. And I thought, what a brilliant thing and what a what a blessed man he is that he's got some of his best friends looking out for him and helping him build the church. You know, we've, we, we often hear workplace drama being talked about. You know, workplace drama. There's a conflict. These two people don't get along or these two people don't get along or this person's uh, always complaining or this person's always late or this person's you know, just always trying to push other people's buttons. And I just think workplace drama can be eliminated or at least reduced if we pay attention to this important ingredient in hiring, in the hiring or selecting process. Let's pick people that are, that are, obviously we want good workers. Obviously we want talented people. Yeah, that's all important. But if I don't want to be around them, I don't care how talented they are. So, so let's just kind of do a quick recap. I'm going to wrap it up, and then we'll come back next week and, and jump back in. we got a couple more really important things to talk about with team building with the Apostle Paul. So today we talked about calling. Calling. This isn't a job. This is part of who we are. We don't want to just fill slots. We want, we want to do something that, that we're passionate about. This is bigger than just paying the bills. This is, this is a calling. We, we're serving something bigger than ourselves. And we're looking for people that feel that same way. Number two, character. We want people that are doing the right thing. People that we don't have to worry about when we don't see them. 
we just know. As Paul said, you know, they, they carry our heart. I want people who carry my heart. Um, and, and, and yet it doesn't mean they're not they're perfect. Lord knows we all make mistakes. I make my share. But they're consistently getting it right. And then chemistry. We want to create a workplace that's, that's light. It's fun. People enjoy coming to work. People that enjoy coming to work are going to work much harder. They're going to give you much more. But if they come in dreading, oh my gosh, I got to work with this guy. Oh my gosh, I got to put up with this guy's whining. Oh my gosh, I got to put up with this person who doesn't do their job and I end up having to cover for them. No, 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 no. Let's pick people who have the right chemistry. They're going to fit in. They're going to be a great part of our team. You'll be so glad you did. Well, I'm going to stop there. We'll finish next week, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on calling, character, and chemistry. What do you think? Uh, I bet you've got some stories that you could tell from your work experience about, you know, being on a on an interesting team, a difficult team, or maybe even a great team. I'd love to hear it. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the section for today's post. I'd love to stay in touch with you. While you're at davidspell.com, make sure you check out all the great things on my website. There's a blog there. Uh, all my resources are there. My books. Check out all my books. I, you know, buy, buy all of them. Buy all of them. There's almost there's 15, I think. i got 16 coming out here soon. Uh, but get one of everything. You, you'd love them all. And also, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you leave your, your, your email address so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.